Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Hello, everyone. I'm Sean Payne, owner and founder of Live Explorer Real Estate and Lifestyle. Thank you very much for joining us today. I have TLC Child and Family Services with us today, uh, Vanessa and uh, TC. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys very much for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having us. Uh, so uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, tell us um, a little bit about uh, TLC. Want to tell us like how it got started or, or, or how you got started with it that way? How about that? Sure, yeah. TLC, the agency, started with Jim Galster. He started it back in 1975, um, really more as a residential program for youth that needed support, usually with mental health or other things that they're struggling with. Uh And it's evolved over time with lots of different programs, including foster and adoption. Um, We have a high school on our main campus. Oh, really? um, outpatient services for mental health for young people. But the niche niche is really going to be the young people that we serve. And it's going to be everywhere from zero to 25 mm-hmm. or even a little older. Um, and we also support families. So with the foster system, obviously, you're supporting families. And with young people, you're supporting their parents and their family dynamic as well. Sure, sure. Um, we come from what we call THP, which is our Transition Age Youth Housing Programs. So TC and I primarily are supporting the youth that are 16 and a half to 25. Right, right. That's, that's, that's a really interesting program and, and uh, much needed. I don't think people realize that, like, you, you know, if you're a foster youth, you go through there. And, and then what happens to you as you become, get closer to adulthood mm-hmm. uh, that way? Can you tell us a little bit about, like, so, so let's say you... You've identified, or someone's come to you and said, "You know, I, I would assume it's it's kind of an interesting conversation." I feel like, what do I do? What, what what are my resources that way? Can you explain like what what the process is or what your experience is? Is it someone that comes to you? Do you identify someone? Both? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah. we support former foster youth and current foster youth, mm-hmm. and then also formerly homeless youth. Okay. Um, so all of the referrals are going to look different across the board um, when it comes to the foster system. They're getting referred typically by a county social worker, sometimes Uh the probation system. So they're already in the foster care system, and then they essentially have us as an option once they turn either 16 and a half or 18 to get into this transition program so that they're not just exiting at 18 from foster care with literally no safety net, no support. So we're really that that catch after that point to support them into adulthood and help with those skills that they really need to become independent moving forward. With the homeless youth, it's a little different in terms of how they're referred to our program. There's actually a system in Sonoma County called Coordinated Entry. Uh-huh. If you're homeless at any age in Sonoma County, now you're getting onto that coordinated entry list. Uh-huh. And then from that list, you're getting referred to different services depending on age and um, severity of your your situation and, sure. and that. So, more often than not, we're getting referrals for our, our formerly homeless um, program through that system. Okay. But we actually have opened up now that because we have a resource center in Santa Rosa, um, really close to downtown. We've noticed that there's people that don't fit into those categories specifically, but are still transition age youth that need support. 
So we actually have a drop-in center where they can come and access resources even if they can't come into any of our programs. Oh, that's great. Um, for things, you know, basic needs, food, shower, um, monetary support, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So right, right. many different ways that they can come and, and access our services. Right. I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with the community referral program. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I sit on the board for the Community Service Network, CSN. Are you familiar? Oh, really? With yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We work really closely yes. with CSN. We actually have yeah. some homes. That we have mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. Yeah, yes. no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so I sit on the board for, for uh-huh. okay. so yeah, I have a little insight, you know, mm-hmm. with them. It's it's a, a similar but different organization there that way. So yes, but, but yeah. yes, I'm uh, hear about the oh, referrals wow. coming in from the county level, and, mm-hmm. and I think more are coming now from the county. I think the county's working with you more now that yes. way, and kind of mm-hmm. leaning more towards you and your model. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I would say so. I think. You know, transition age youth is such a specific type of population that's being served, and there's going to be a handful of agencies that serve that particular demographic. And so, yes, I would say that the city is, in general, you know, bridging a gap for services for that age group that maybe that hasn't always been in place before, because I do think that the agencies that have served that population just have more knowledge about what things might actually support that group that might not translate over to adults. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think a lot of things have changed a lot in the last few years. But I also think because we started our program to support formerly unsheltered youth, um, we've also stepped into a world that we hadn't been in before Uh because prior to that we were specific to foster. Uh Um, So once we opened that door... We've learned a lot more. We've had a lot more connections with the county and city on different levels because of that as well. Right, right. Has there been, I mean, I think there's always been a need for these type of services. Has there been an uptick? Like, is there a more of a need now? Have you seen, like, in recent years there is for some reason more, or has it always been there? Gosh, I think it's, it's always been It's always been, been there, there and yeah, it's just become absolutely. more identifiable now or, or yes. people are more open to it that way. So yes. yeah, maybe okay. it's being communicated more or it's just more um, there's advocates, you know, who have worked in this field for long enough that they're speaking up more about this group. Uh-huh. And um, I think the need has always been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, foster the foster system has been here forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, it, ultimately... I don't, I don't, well, there are some programs popping up more. Um, there is another THP program um, that recently opened up, but it doesn't look exactly the same as ours. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the need is consistent. I don't know if it's in, increased or decreased, really. It feels like it's stayed pretty consistent. Yeah, and I think, too, it's just now more in the forefront because yeah, of sure. the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. So there's more resources. Yes. What what are what are kind of like your biggest headaches that the, the biggest obstacles that you uh, or since funding's probably one of it. Or is there uh, uh, you know funding and other things that 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 like you really kind of just like gosh, I wish that was different. Is there anything that we can bring attention to that way to the public that way that can make make these services more efficient, better that way? I would say just the stigma that comes with the age group that we serve and also their history. Mm -hmm. And so a large part of what we do is we're transitioning them into their own independent housing. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, when they're exiting from our program, they need to qualify with landlords to actually live in places in the community. And I think we all know how crazy the market is in (laughs) terms of rents Uh and unaffordability, especially for young people who might not have 
the rental history, the employment history, sure. didn't necessarily have the foundation to have all of the opportunities that possibly other people may have had with a, a parental system in place. Sure, just like understanding credit, things of that yes. nature. So you come into it and yeah, you're already down a leg that way, right? Mm-hmm. You exactly. That so yeah. So we're trying to build that. We, you know, we're working on credit, um, financial literacy, or even other skills like how do you stay healthy? How do you cook for yourself? How do you mm-hmm. clean your home? Sure. How do you keep housing? Um, we're working on all of those skills. And I think just an open-mindedness of the landlords in the community to be open to working with vouchers, open to um, renting to people that they might have a, a judgment or stigma about already in their mind, to mm-hmm. know that no one fits the same definition. Mm-hmm. So to not always just assume it's not going to work because, oh, this is a 23-year-old who you know, came from homelessness, I'm scared to have them live mm-hmm. in my housing, sure. to kind of flip that into, well, this is an opportunity to house somebody who may not be able to find housing in a different way and, and to just allow for that to be an option for yeah. them. Um, because a lot of our young people show so much resilience and mm. ability to grow. Right. And so it's really disheartening where they could, they get, you know, spit out at the other end and then the world isn't believing in them the way that they were believed in our program and mm-hmm. supported in our program. And I think that's a harsh reality that we try to also teach them while they're right. here yeah. but they're always you know because of funding because of um regulations there always ends up being a point where we're no longer allowed to serve them and so even then you know thinking back when you were 24 25 were you just ready were you ready to go out into the world <laughs> with yeah. no, no no one to fall no. back on like, no I, one to I, go I home to i can't say exactly what yes. i was yeah. a year without like yes. being out but yeah i was just Total screw up. So, yes. so yeah, like that's, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, like the, I think it's, it's a really important thing to know. One of the things we try to like a, a theme on this podcast is talk about is the need for housing. Mm-hmm. And didn't we see, didn't I see you at a generation, uh, age generation housing seminar? Have you ever participated with them? Um, I don't, maybe if it would have they're, been they're, years ago. Okay. But. Uh, I was, I was mistaken. They're, they're a really cool organization that, that like, um, is an advocate for housing and, uh, uh the, the state of California has identified a need for, um, 2.5 million homes to be built in the next eight years um, with uh, 14,500 allocated to Sonoma County. Sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, like when you look at like Generation H and they've done an in-depth study of the housing that Sonoma County needs, they're like, wait, that, that doesn't work. That's a drop in the bucket. We actually need more like 60,000 homes built here in, mm-hmm. in the next 60 years. What, why I bring this up is because it's going to be like the foster youth and, 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 and those segments that are most affected by lack mm-hmm. of housing because because so competitive it just you go down the road and, and the less resources that you have that's how you all of a sudden experience homelessness and things of that nature right yeah. so so yeah just you know i think the the need to build more housing affordable housing is so important because um i think these are type like the socioeconomic backgrounds that are the most affected Absolutely. that way right mm-hmm. so yeah just i always like to bring that up on the podcast because um affordable housing is just something that, that we need right now mm-hmm. so so yeah i can't imagine being 24 years old in that position and, and, uh, you know, certainly I, you know, I, I came from a great home life. Mm-hmm. I, I was still a mess when I was 24. So, so, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, I just can't imagine being put in that situation that way. So, so that's, that's really tough. Yeah. Um, right. And so too, I mean, just a lot of our conversations with our young people are, you know, how to live with a roommate. 
Sure. Because the way things are going now, you'll need one or two or sometimes even three roommates. So how do you live with roommates um, and communicate with your roommates? So I, being um, a, a, a social worker, um, I look at um, our program as a one-stop shop, uh-huh. really. Um, we wear so many hats, and there's my job is to case manage um, our young people and like Vanessa said, you know, we work with them getting jobs, you know, housing, school. Um, we focus on their mental health because we are trying to support the whole person so that when they leave our program, you know, I always say I want them to leave with a briefcase, a briefcase of goodies. And in those in that briefcase, you have all of those things. I want to set them up for success, uh-huh. whatever that looks like. So that's a lot that we do at THP and it's ongoing conversations around um, independent living and their independent living journey um, because it's so key. Right, right. I I don't know. Do you want to go? I can see you have the THP PM. You have various, various programs here. I know you said a lot of hats. Do you want to go into some of the various hats that way that that you do? I mean, talk about some of the different programs that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. (laughs) So we have THPP. That's going to be our younger folks, 16 and a half to 21. Okay. Um, And then they can kind of segue into the THP Plus program, which is 21 to 24. Okay. I think we're increasing to 25. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that initial program is more of a, a county placement, the THPP program. And there's a little less responsibility held by the young people, more in terms of rent payment and things like that. Um, And then as they graduate into that PLUS program, they start on a subsidy rent tier to start paying rent Mm -hmm. and and really get a sense of what that looks like. And that increases in percentage over time. Right. Um, So for those programs, we have housing. We're a scattered site, meaning that we have housing all throughout Sonoma County. So we have studios, one bedrooms, single family homes that are four or five bedroom homes. Um, and they're living in these homes that we either lease or own, and that's where they're residing during their time mm-hmm. in our program. Okay. Um, with our rapid rehousing program, that's the one that's for formerly unsheltered youth. Mm-hmm. That's going to be 18 to 25, and they're the ones that are referred through coordinated entry. It's a similar model. It's just that the the regulations around housing and um, how we manage the program look slightly different. But it's similar supports, um, still mobile case management. And it, you know, honestly, I I really believe that no matter who we're serving, it doesn't matter which program, it doesn't matter their age, we're really just meeting them where they are. And -hmm. you can have a 17-year-old that really needs supports with more of the living skills or mental health. And then Mm -hmm. you can have someone who's got two jobs and we're going yeah. to right. JC soon and um, there's not one yes. approach that fits right no, like, not like, at like, all. that's one thing I've learned with CSN yes. is like you have to have like a multi case by case approach there's not going to be like a box that everyone fits into that no way, I mean they're just people right so right. everyone's right. <laughs> everyone's different and um, I, I do always like to bring up just the age because I think that when you look at 16 and a half to 21 year olds regardless of their history or where they came from you're managing young people who are learning about themselves who make mistakes and and young people who come to us almost have little flexibility to make mistakes you know they don't Mm -hmm. get to 
explore the world as openly as maybe somebody who can come back home and be fully accepted right. by their family. If you make a mistake, you could lose your housing yeah. right. and, and be homeless. Right. Yeah. So we're very much, um, you know, open to the idea of you can make a mistake and we can talk through it. We can get through that and then you can still have housing and support from us. We're not like, oh, you went out and you drank and you came home, you're out. Uh-huh. Um, so just that flexibility to understand who, who, who we're really supporting is, right. is key as well. Sure. A lot of teachable moments. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you go through one of these programs, uh, uh, you know, hopefully preparing uh, the young adults, uh, you know, as much as possible, but you hit 24, potentially 25 here, and then they have to go out and find their own, their own housing that way. Mm-hmm. You mentioned vou- vouchers. Yeah. Is there, you know, how can you explain that step of like, okay, now they have to go get housing. Let's try to overcome some of the stigma right now. Like, mm-hmm. like they have vouchers, some of it, some of their rent subsidized that way. Can you explain that a little bit so people can understand? Vouchers aren't guaranteed. Um, it's, it's either they're going to come from the city or county um, Uh and sometimes we get lucky and there's just a round of vouchers that we're able to refer specific youth Uh for and they get them which is wonderful Uh Um, so they go through that process and then what they do have is uh, it's called typically a housing choice voucher regardless of what program it comes from and it subsidizes their rent Uh Um, so their landlord would be getting paid typically a percentage based off the person's income for Uh rent that's sent directly to them and for years, there were stigmas around, I think it was Section 8, generally, yes. is what it's called. Right. Um, and there weren't necessarily laws um, Protecting, yeah, not, not allowing discrimination. Who, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, so now there are, mm-hmm. but there still are ways for landlords to find other reasons to deny someone sure. an application if they know they have a voucher. So I think... Ultimately, it's just removing the stigma that getting paid by through a voucher is an issue because I think for some reason people thought that they wouldn't get paid on time or there would be like a red tape difficulty in speaking to someone to get paid. As far as I know, for the past few years, there's never been an issue getting paid through a voucher. Um, And then on top of that, it's that every person who would even qualify to have a voucher I don't want them in my housing because mm-hmm. that means that they're incapable yeah. of taking care of right, the housing right, or right. paying the remainder of rent or whatever it be. So I think those are, would be the main yeah. stigmas that we're fighting against, that that's not necessarily the case. It's not the case. Again, I, yeah. I sell real estate. We were talking about this in the office, myself and another person here, totally unrelated to this conversation, mm-hmm. but that we have some some investors that, that buy uh, you know multi-unit buildings mm-hmm. and prefer to rent to, to Section 8 because... Yeah. It's it's more guaranteed. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right? So like, yep. yeah, it's funny that there's there's some people that like actually prefer those situations because they're like, wait a second, this is essentially you know the, the rent. I, yes. I don't want to like, you know, essentially it's guaranteed for for it's much more secure that way for right. for the property owner. You so, also have the the authority, the housing authority related to it. They're checking the space yep. as well, the condition sure. and things like that. Yeah, right, so, right. Yeah, and it's basic. You know, I also think people are afraid. Oh, they're going to come and see. The, the rental that I haven't have an issue. No, I and mean, they're just coming to make sure the smoke alarms work and yeah. that, right. you know, the yeah. water is, isn't an issue. You know, right. all the basic 
right. things are happening. I mean, happening. it's almost Indeed. like having an assistant property manager. Really, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Someone's mm-hmm. coming through, and like if you're a property owner, you want to know if the, the smoke detector's not working and things right. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no, I've heard, it's funny because I've heard both sides, but I've heard, you know, property owners be like, no, I, I'm going to buy this and I want this to be Section 8 housing because it's, it's an easier process. Yeah. You know, they don't have to chase rents around and stuff like that. So I encourage people to keep an own open mind about mm-hmm. that. So, Definitely, um, yeah. And we do come across, you know, restrictions based off the type of voucher. Usually if it comes from City of Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. you have to find housing in Santa Rosa within mm-hmm. city limits. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a county voucher, you have to find housing either in neighboring cities in the county, Roner Park and uh, mm-hmm. Windsor, things like that, or unincorporated areas of Santa Rosa. So right. currently we actually have um, a lot of young people with county vouchers, so we're trying to find unincorporated areas where landlords are willing to rent to them mm-hmm. because the city of Santa Rosa is maybe where they're based in terms of their support systems, their employment, their child care, things like that. So a little bit, even though they're on the outskirts, they're closer to those services. Yes, so, than they would be if they lived in Runner Park or right. something like that. Right. So we're that's a struggle as well, is just finding what works with the constraints given with this voucher for the young person that's trying to use it. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I don't, you know, vouchers are invaluable these days. And, it, you know, it's funny because I've been here for about 10 years. Um, and over time, I've seen the market increase more and more. And every yes. year you're, you're like, this is an issue. This is going to be a problem. And then mm. it increases even more the following year. Yeah. And now we have employees that can't find housing that's yeah. affordable. And I'm thinking if we have someone who's been here full time for years and, and is an adult and cannot find affordable housing mm-hmm. in this area, right. how are these young people supposed to have a chance at all yeah, exactly. to do so? And so the voucher is almost like a golden ticket in that way to provide an opportunity for them to, to have, you know, a space that is reasonable for them to keep, you know, progressing. Right, and, right. And, and and the voucher, I mean, there's a waiting list. Uh-huh. That's I'm the sure. thing. So you, you get put on the waiting list, and then you may have to wait two, three, what, five years, sometimes even longer than that. Right. So, you know, we want to ensure that our young people are on the waiting list. Even when they come into our program, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, let's get, let's, you get, let's get you on now. Because, again, that's something, too, that would be great when they exit from our program. The ideal transition would be they exit from our program and boom, they receive a voucher. Sure. Because that's a smooth transition. Um, But we know that that's not always the case. So um, definitely the vouchers are... Would you have any idea, like, how many people are on the waiting list? I'm not sure. The city waiting list right now is open um, for a month. I would assume thousands and thousands Thousands, of people. I mean, I would just assume that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact number. Mm -hmm. That's that's uh, yeah, not surprising, but it's too bad. It is. Yeah. Is is there anything else that you like that we haven't covered here that you like? uh, You know now's the time to get the message out to the public about your program, TLC. Anything that you haven't talked about that's important to you or your organization that way? I just want to say our young people are beautiful. They're mm. beautiful in every every aspect. And, um, you know, we, we get to see them flourish, you know, from start to finish. And then you look at our program, just the different um, tiers of our program, they can come in at 16 and a half um, and end up 
you know, staying in our program for five, six years. And you look at those years like, oh, so we have some time. You know, it's five, six years. We have some time to do some good work. And in essence, that is the case. But it's such a short amount of time um, given things that they need to work on things that they need to manage right. um, because again you look at mental health school um, finances everything that a parent would support their their child with that's what we try to do in five or six years right and sometimes even less than that depending on the circumstances but overall you know i love when i work with young people and they are in tune or not in tune you know that's just more of a challenge for us but it's a a, a beautiful challenge in all aspects but you know they come in and they want to learn mm-hmm. you know and so they're like sponges they're grasping on to to anything and everything in order for them to um succeed right, right so i just wanted to to add that piece because they they are beautiful beautiful individuals um with so much soul and so much insight and the more that we are able to tap into um those gifts i think it's going to support them mm. as they exit from our program sure Sure. Yeah. No, that's again. I can't imagine being in their situation. Uh, 18, 16 and a half. That's that's even crazier. Yeah. You know. But but uh, yeah. I mean, just trying to figure yourself out uh, <laughs> and not have any support is just um, a tough path. Yeah. So thank you guys very much for for everything you do. We need we need to support programs like like yours and have more programs. You know, uh, uh, available that way. Yeah. Um, I yeah. really see what we do as prevention for, you know, if, if the community is um, concerned about or wanting to support or what, whatever their take is on, the, on homelessness and the mm-hmm. obvious increase in the homelessness population throughout Sonoma County, I really see what we do as prevention yeah. of homelessness sure. because we're managing programs that support individuals who are young and came from trauma backgrounds, things, abuse, things that really set them at a detriment from the beginning Mm. and we're trying to have them unlearn those patterns that they were ingrained with as a child and flip them into you can succeed you can be independent and this is what that looks like and this is how you can get there Mm -hmm. and if we weren't to catch them and support them through that the likelihood of them ending up in the adult homelessness population would probably it's increase significantly. Yeah. Right. So well, how can it not? Right. right. Like you're exactly. like you're like the, they're falling through the cracks. You're like that last catch. Yeah. And if it, if they aren't given, you know, like aren't taught, you know, at that point, mm-hmm. um, given those resources that way to, to care for themselves, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like a no brainer. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah no uh, that makes total sense. Yeah. So. Well, um, again, T.C. Smith yes. uh, and, and Vanessa uh, mm-hmm. Guevara, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again in the future. If something comes up and you want to get the word out, if you have an event or something like that, let's let's communicate and come back in here so we can push that message out. But thank you very much for joining us yeah, today. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah. Um, I'm Sean Payne. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you like this content, please hit like and subscribe so you can see future episodes. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.